Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, in the they found the telephone and electricity line. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. The mob is a complicated beast. There are twists and turns, families and loyalties, bosses and underlings. On June 20th, 1967, an infamous mob boss was indicted for a number of murders that he may not have committed with his own hands, but without a doubt gave the orders for. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Raymond Lorenda Salvatore Patriarca, Sr., was born on March 18, 1908, to an Italian immigrant father in Worcester, Massachusetts. This soon-to-be mobster was built for crime, and when he was just a teen, he had already been charged with hijacking, armed robbery, assault, safe-cracking, and auto theft. When he was still in his 20s, he was indicted as an accessory to murder and, during the 1930s, was named a public enemy by the Providence Board of Public Safety. In 1938, after serving just a few months of his five-year prison sentence, he was paroled after the board heard an appeal from a Father Fagan, a name fabricated by the executive counselor at the time. From then on in, it became clear that not only was Raymond a dangerous man, but he was a dangerous man with powerful political connections. By the 1940s, Raymond was on the rise, and in 1950, when mobster Philip Ricola fled the country, Raymond took over his criminal operations. The Patriarca crime family, whose control extended throughout New England for more than three decades, would become one of the most powerful mob families in the United States, and Raymond, the most powerful boss. But Raymond's reign was a ruthless one. With his rise in power came drastic changes to the family. They moved operations to Providence, Rhode Island, and he ran the family from the National Cigarette Service Company and Coinomatic Distributors. Every card game, prostitution ring, and illegal business in Providence had to pay a kickback to Raymond and his family. And with this power and money came the heavy hand of their boss. Raymond became known for his brutal commands. On one occasion, he ordered an elderly mafiosa to murder his own son after he lost a considerable amount of money from a bad deal. When the father pleaded for his son's life, he exiled the man from the family. In another incident, Raymond demanded that a handful of members pay $22,000 after federal authorities seized a shipment of cigarettes that he had financed and even ordered the murder of his own brother for failing to notice a surveillance device placed in his office by federal agents. 
Under his command, many members of not just his gang, but others, had a hit put on their head. On June 20th, 1967, Raymond was finally brought in and indicted for the murder of several of his associates. And while Raymond's hands were clean because he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, he was the one commanding the hits. Therefore, their deaths were his responsibility. They went to trial, during which a hitman named John Kelly was the primary witness, and Raymond and his associates were convicted of conspiracy to commit murder. The mob boss, who had more than his fair share of murders on his hands, was sentenced to just 10 years in prison. But that didn't stop him from continuing to run his family from his prison cell before eventually being released. On July 11, 1984, around 11.30 a.m., the Rhode Island Fire Department got a call that sent them to the home of Raymond's girlfriend. He was in full cardiac arrest, and after doctors attempted to revive him, even placing a pacemaker, Raymond Patriarca Sr. died at the age of 76. With his death went police's chances to make him serve time for his crimes. At the time of his death, he was under indictment for two other murders. But something his death didn't end, the reign of the Patriarch crime family. It simply fell into the hands of Raymond's son. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 21st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.